Hey everyone, welcome to the Warrior Podcast of Oz. This is Lara Davis, if you don't know by now. And... I'm Lotso, if you don't know by now, which you all should know who we are. Yeah, unless this is your first time, in which case, welcome! Yes, welcome indeed. Hope you have a good time listening to us, despite our voices. Please, please, um, we apologize for that. Yeah, we can't exactly help those. Okay, we could, but still... That's not important now. Yeah. Okay. So, this is Movies of Oz number four, where we talk about the fourth existing Oz movie we've been able to see. That is chronologically by order of release. Which, actually, this one didn't get released for a bit. And what is this film of which we speak? His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz. 1914. Which did get released as the under the title The New Wizard of Oz. Which, um, maybe it's that's a bit of an odd title because, um, we don't see much of the wizard in this film unless they're probably referring to the fact that New Wizard of Oz film rather than story or character, but. Well, I suppose only the people who made the title know why they chose that, perhaps. I would think it's because the Wizard of Oz musical was still very fondly remembered, so they might have chosen it to kind of remind people of that to make the title a selling point. Mm. But it wasn't really... It didn't really turn out as well as they hoped, did it? No. In fact, the... The Honest Film Manufacturing Company really had a lot of problems with these films. They couldn't get the Patchwork Girl of Oz to a wide distributor. The critics loved that movie, actually, though. Oh, that's good. One of them actually said, I feel sorry for kids who can't see this movie. <laughs> but unfortunately, a lot of kids didn't get to see it when it, when it, when it was first made. Um, they didn't. Children were not taken to see the movies because why at that time? Well, it was, it was kind of a new novel thing, and they weren't exactly sure if this was something appropriate for children to be taken to. <laughs> so. not, like, not like some of today's um, media or releases. Yeah, mm-hmm. Actually, Elfling Baum said that the reason why he wanted one of the reasons why he wanted to do Oz films was because there were children who were too poor to afford a dollar book like his book sold for back in the in those days but they could afford five cents to go see a movie unfortunately though they didn't really get to go that much mm. shame really shame so all the so the thing is that these movies were did have high spirits they did have a great uh concept behind them and and they had great production values for silent films but the thing is is that they just didn't wind up selling that well Mm. and usually when things don't sell as well they either stop or revitalize the series but in that in this case um the closure was the result well they did try a few other things they did um they released... Okay, they made a series of short uh, children's features called Violet's Dreams. 
And then they did an adaptation of Baum's formerly pseudonymous novel, The Last Egyptian. And then later they tried to change the name of the company to Dramatic Films and released a film called The Grain of Belgium. But it just didn't work, so they wound up selling to somebody else. But fortunately for us here in the 21st century, we have many of those. We still have a lot of their output still available to us. Yes, we do. So, and we'll be discussing one of them right now, which we've sorry to, which we are sorry to have kept you waiting. So um, I just want to get we'll, some history. Oh yes, but we'll also, but we. Willie must talk about the film itself now, His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz. I'm sure you all spent to know about the book The Scarecrow of Oz, but actually the fact is that this film was made before the book. The book was made later. Yeah. The His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz was really just a new adaptation of the Wizard of Oz book with a few elements thrown in from the later Oz books, like The Marvelous Land of Oz, and such. We'll, and we'll get to those when we get to them. Yes. I assume that uh, Baum had actually begun a third trot in Captain Bill book, and he'd taken a lot of the plot of His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz and make it, make it mixed in with the, the what was had been begun of the third trot in Captain Bill book. But anyways, let's get to the plot of this film already. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the film opens in all um is this the Emerald City? I don't think it is. It does not say anything about the Emerald City. Nor does it say Jinxland, so I'd say it's probably just some area in Oz, but it's definitely King Cruel's castle, I'd say. So this Castle is- Cruel? Okay, let's just assume there's a place in Oz that's ruled by King Cruel. He has a niece named Princess Gloria, who he wants to marry um, a man named Googly Goo, but she doesn't love him. She loves a gardener's boy, and the gardener boy loves the princess, but of course the king doesn't want um, that sort of love. He doesn't, be... want it, he doesn't want it to happen, especially since uh, Googly Goo gave him a pretty hefty uh, fee. A pretty hefty well, fee to marry her, yeah. But the thing is, is that uh, Pawn and Gloria just will not stop loving each other. So, the king comes and takes her away. But before we find out where he took her to, we are shown two farmers in a cornfield putting up a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And then, sometime after that, we are shown... A little girl, lost. And we're told it's Dorothy. How mm-hmm. she got there, goodness knows. No, we don't, no. But it's worth knowing that this is the only time in these three films by the Oxford Manufacturing Company that this is where Dorothy appears. And the only time that we actually have Dorothy meet the Scarecrow, meet the Tin Woodman, and to meet the Lion. And have the Scarecrow... Oh, but that's spoiling it a bit. Suddenly, a witch named Mombi, who looks an awful lot like a different witch, come, uh, comes across her and takes her out to be her servant, or slave, or whatever. Sound mm-hmm. familiar? I hope it does to you, Oz fans. 
If it doesn't, you need to reread this book called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Well, we've established three points, like the the king and his princess, the witch, and the scarecrow. Yes. And speaking of the scarecrow, something happens to him. Oh, yes. We are shown some scene most likely used more for special effects than for story purpose, but this girl dressed up as a Native American Indian girl with all these other girls dressed up as like fairies of the cornfield or something, they appear, dance, and the scarecrow is brought to life. Now, since Elfenbaum wrote the script, this is the only time he's actually explained why the scarecrow is alive. Apparently, the fairies of the cornfield decide to make him their guardian. How do you know about that guardian bit? Guardian or something. They decided to bring him to life for some reason. Maybe they figured he'd be more uh, he'd be more used to them alive than not. And then we go back to Mombi's cottage, where two of the plots start to come together. Intertwine. Intertwine, yes. yes. Dorothy meets, almost meets Princess Gloria and King Cruel and witnesses with Bon, the gardener's boy, who has, like, sort of followed them, what they do. Mombi summons these three other witches, and they cast a spell to freeze Gloria's heart. A scene which I think has a pretty good special effect, visually. Yes. Um... Yeah, of course, it's a good special effects for the time. Today, it's it's all just uh, switching, uh, changing who who and what is in front of the camera, and then fading in between them. Hmm. But it it looks all right for 1914. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it still doesn't look too bad today when you watch it. There's also an odd bit where the three other new witches take on a different form, like they change from old... Um, old pos- ugly witches! Yeah, maybe old, but definitely uglier witches in dark gowns to pretty young maidens in white gowns and nice hair. What did you think of that? It was interesting. Definitely something to show off pretty girls like a certain musical extravaganza had shown off a few years before Get Pretty Girls in there, and hopefully people will come watch it. Although it doesn't really add much to the story, yes. I think. No, but it doesn't really take away from it either. And then, so. how Gloria's heart is frozen. Uh, Mombi puts her hands in front of uh, Gloria's chest. After and... dabbing her with a potion. Yes, and Gloria's heart... And Gloria is supposed to become transparent, but... Because they couldn't exactly pull that off quite convincingly. What they did was they they pretty much had uh, Mombi having her hand on Gloria's, Gloria's chest. chest. And they had a heart pop appear, like after a dissolve. Then they used another heart that appeared to be frozen with icicles. Then they again had Mombi's hand um, holding nothing. So that it gave the transition or the idea that the heart up in Mombi's hand got frozen, then returned to Gloria. Yes. But nifty special effect. Nifty. Yeah. Kind of disturbing, though. 
But there's a later, but there's a couple more disturbing ones coming on. All in due time, which we'll talk about. Now it doesn't go into this here. Bomb went into it later, but of course now that Gloria is frozen to all whole mortal loves, she won't marry Pawn. But on the other hand, she also wouldn't marry Googly Goo. No. But they don't make a point of that in the film. No, no, they don't. He's not any better off. Now Gloria wanders off. While Mombi, who has managed to catch that, discover that uh, she was being watched by Dorothy and Pawn, starts to uh, starts chasing after them with her witchy friends until a familiar mule comes and manages to save them. Sort of, he gets a bit of a beating, but he gives an opportunity for Dorothy and Pawn to get away. Here we have some overlapping scenes with the mule, who was named Nicodemus in the Magic Cloak of Oz, but here he's just named Mule or Hank, is it? Um, I don't. I'm not sure they actually named the the mule, but I could probably see that he's supposed to be the same mule from the Patchwork Girl of Oz, because if you think about, it, there's really no. Uh, there's not a lot of discrepancy. There's not a lot of continuity discrepancy between. Patchwork Girl and this one, except that the sca- never mind because the Scarecrow's already in Patchwork Girl, unless this mm. is supposed to come before Patchwork Girl. Okay. Ah uh, yes. But does that work? I don't know. Oh yeah, it's also notable that uh, Vivian Reed plays Princess Gloria, but she's also the head of Ozma, who was the logo for the films. And the minstrel in the Magic Cloak of Oz. So they had quite a few. Actors or actresses playing double walls or more quadruple walls throughout these films. Yes, and the ones we haven't that haven't been widely released, they're in there too. Dorothy meets the Scarecrow. Mommy pulls the Scarecrow apart, but he gets restuffed. Then they meet Button Bright. From the road. Wait, no, is that a bit further on? Oh no, 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 no! It was about that time. Okay, it's just that. The plot of this is pretty loose, even though it's a rather short film, so it's kind of difficult if you're not watching it or reading a summary right offhand. It's a bit, it can be a bit difficult to remember. I thought that came later at first, but I'm like, no, wait, it was a bit of this time. Mm. Button Bright um, comes along before the Tin Woodman, and the film is only like... Under an hour, so... Yeah, most video prints have it under an hour these days. So, yeah. It might have been supposed to run a bit over an hour, but it runs pretty well at the time that it is shown. So, yes. Um, Barton Bright, his appearance. What do you think? Well, he's played by a girl, again. Mm. <laughs> might I say again? He never appeared... But- this is the, actually the first time Button Bright was portrayed by anybody. Mm. And it is by Mildred Harris. She appeared as Ojo in Patchwork Girl, and she was Fluff in Magic Cloak. Okay. I think it always helps to look at the face, because they usually determine, with their facial expressions, you can always make out who plays who, when. Yes. Okay. But yes, after a little bit where they stop and rest a bit and the Scarecrow winds up playing in a stream, <laughs> a lot like a giddy baby. Yeah, someone mentioned that on um, a review of once. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I suppose it's not too bad because he's still very young, so he's still getting used to the world around him. So this is at, yeah, just a few hours. Yeah, this is him comically he gra- grasping the world that he's that he lives in. But he plays in a creek, so um, um, he you if think... he were a real scarecrow, he'd probably be washed away, but and get soggy as heck. But this is actually a guy in a costume. Yeah, so... Shh, we'll just let that fly, Alfwing Bomb. We'll just let that fly. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Mm. Okay, and then they come along to the Tin Woodman's Palace where they find him rested outside. Here he's played by Pierre Kudok. I Who? believe that's... Kudur? Pierre Kudok. One of those. At... Eh, whichever pronunciation you want to use. It was a French name. And... So then mom becomes long. He um after the rest of them um, quickly he hide in the uh, castle. Tin castle. And he t- pretty much tells her to go. And when she refuses to, here comes a disturbing special effect. Off with her head. Chop. He chops her head off. And it's no, she's not, not gruesome. Don't worry. It's there's no blood or anything. It's very funny antics. It's slapstick comedy. It's um. I'll refrain from revealing the special effects well, or how they do it, that. Once you see it, it's pretty obvious to us today, but when you're just taking it in stride, it's like, whoa, that's a bit disturbing. Because Mommy doesn't die. She's still alive. No. She picks up her head and puts it back on. Princess Lagwadir style. She just makes sure that it's work when she's got her head back on. <laughs> uh, there's, and there's the old scene of, I'd lose my head if it wasn't screwed on. Well... It got chopped off. I guess she just lost her head and did <laughs> this. But anyways, she is still rather upset. So when Pawn comes along, because he got separated from everyone else, she turns him into a kangaroo. Mm. A lot of these transformations are more to do with um, showing special effects than, say, advancing the plot, I think. Yeah. Bomb might... Bomb lo- loved technical spectacles, so it's no, it's no really no surprise that he has him here. So then, eventually, the when Mombi has left, the friends decide to restore Gloria's heart and t- dispose of um, King Cool and make Gloria queen. And then they have two scenes for the river. These are more or less actually based on scenes from The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and Patrick of Oz. Uh, the first one has the scarecrow helping to push the raft along by a pole, but he gets stuck. He falls underwater and then meets a mermaid and is saved by a large crow who we saw previously in the Magic Cloak. And then after he's rescued, they do a little dance together, which when I showed this to my little brothers and sisters, they just laughed their heads off at that. See, this still appeal for a 1914 film in the 21st century. And then the next one has him coming across a wall of water, which... What, that, this is, that's from Patrick of Oz, but the thing is, I don't exactly think it looks quite so convincing here. We're told mm. it's a wall of water, but it was shown tilted camera angles of them drifting along the raft that's supposed to look like they're going up a vertical wall of water and then going back down it on the other side. Mm. But 
the way they pull it off, I just don't really think it worked. Uh, I don't think it's too bad, but I think they couldn't tilt it too much. Otherwise, the characters would have had to have fallen off the raft or something. But, well, I'm sure there have been worse special effects than this. But yes, eventually they stop um, crossing the river, they meet a cow, and eventually a lion and the wizard and a zoop. The wizard gives him a little lift along the way, and Mahamambi comes along, and and the wizard tricks her into getting into the wizard's wagon. I oh, mean, on top of? Yeah, on top of the his wagon. Wiz- yeah. Yeah. yeah, by and by a lift, I'm sure Jared means he manages to give the friends an opportunity to get away from Mombi yes. and get some good distance. Oh, and we should point out the inclusion of the sawhorse is pulling the wizard's wagon. Yep, it's his one and only appearance in these silent films. And live action. He did appear in 1981 and Shirley Temple, but no real movies of live action of Oz Yeah. since then. He's overdue for one. After they managed to get away from Mombi, thanks to the wizard's help, the wizard manages to make sure Mombi stays away from them. And stays out of trouble causing. Yeah, troublemaking. Troublemaking. By putting her in a giant can that says on it, preserve sandwiches. He paints out the sand and ES at the end so that it says preserved witch. And then shrinks the can to um, a normal size. Yep. To hold in your hand or place in the pocket of your coat. Yep. And then he starts off the sawhorse and rides away so that we can see Pon the kangaroo meet up with Gloria, who then is taken away by King Cruel to his castle. The friends try to save her and... They get to the castle, and Gloria here throws a ladder down to him. Mm. I guess that she pretty much decides, you know what, I don't really love them, but I'd rather be with them than with these people. I guess that's what we can assume. So thanks to the thing that the Scarecrow and Tin Woodman can't die, the Scarecrow manages to get up top and conquers everybody because every spear arrow that they throw at him Get stuck in him, and he just keeps coming. And then they take off King, they take off Cruel's crown, and place it on the scarecrow at that time. But it's a shame that the line is left outside of the castle walls on the bottom of the ladder. So he just walks away without any participation or joining in the celebration at the end. Whatever shown that he really likes to be inside in this film. Another point that this might be before her patchwork girl. <laughs> And then we're shown the victory celebration at the end where the Scarecrow is crowned king of... I wouldn't say Oz, but apparently whatever country King Crew was running. Mm. We also have Mombi... Being restored. Yes, Mombi restored, so to speak. So that she and her witch friends, or allies, restore Glorious Heart. The wizard returns Pawn to his normal form. And everybody proclaims the Scarecrow the hero. And we all bow, and that's when the movie ends. Mm. Overall, I have to say that even though this is a really, really loose plot and, and full of a bunch of special effects, that this is actually a really joyous romp throughout Oz. 
Yes, um, I would have to say that it's definitely put together much better than the previous films. It doesn't suffer from a lack of scenes or inconsistent cuts like the previous films, as well as there is no crap editing or cut of scenes. They're, they're a little bit more consistent now. Yeah, it stays a bit tighter with the plot here than it had before. I do think that the river scene could have been cut together as one, because in the first scene of the river, we see the friends suddenly just managing an escape from Mumbi from the river. And, well, maybe there's there's a shot where we see Mumbi walking down the path, um, and after that she pulls the scarecrow apart. But maybe um, that shot of her coming down the path, that actually came before the friends first left the her behind on the shore. But, yeah, I do think they that the river scene could have been better cut as one scene when you watch. Maybe with or without the crow, definitely without that cow scene, but um, yeah. it's not too bad. The crow was cool. After, <laughs> Especially the dance part. That was fun. I suppose if the scarecrow was not present on the scene where the friends leave the river, like on the second scene, they could have shown how the friends got off the raft to the shore while the scarecrow was being airborne by the crow. And there's a few other things to say about this. One thing is that one time when I was watching, I noticed that during one of the scenes with the wizard, you can actually see two people walking in the background. Are, is this supposed to be a populated area of Oz, or was that an accident? Are they actually people who were on the set? What scene is that? It was one of them where they meet the wizard in a, at his wagon. Okay, well, um, I only saw this movie last night, and I did not um, yeah. see them, but I remembered what you said. You have to be I... looking very closely. So you say that there are two people in the background. Yeah, they're, they're walking along. You, you might miss them for some of the effects and stuff. The thing is, is that um, the honest film lot wasn't just they, they had a room where someone would change to get dressed. They had everyone with their own changing room. They even had a restaurant on on set. So they actually went all out on, on getting the studio ready. The uh, problem is, though, that because there are problems securing distribution, that they that all this investment re- returned very little profit. Um, the quality of the film... The film doesn't really have any scenes that are notably missing, but there might be some, because remember that the shorter version of Magic Cloak seems to be a complete story in itself, but then there are are these extra scenes, so there might still be stuff missing from this film. Uh, One thing that is definitely missing is the original title screen. The one that's shown on video prints now was actually a new one made by Dick Martin, and he made the mistake of saying that it was directed by L. Frank Baum. No, it's not. There's also a title card where that uh, Dick Martin apparently also redrew that says something about Mombi always ready to make some mischief and a decent honest dollar. I just realized that last night. It, it's not that that Dick Martin did, does a bad job of doing these, but the thing is, is that it would have looked better if he'd redone all the title cards in that style because there's now some that just stand out because they're different. Maybe that would have been a bit too laborious. But at least his effort managed to give us a complete film to watch. 
you said how it has a different opening, and that's true because there were two cuts of this film. One starts with the head of Ozma, and the other one starts with a screen title saying the MG Library Presents, which the only difference is 11 seconds, but um, that's pretty much the only difference so far we'll get between this film and its cuts. How did you foresee this film, Jared? What had happened was I was interested in seeing these films, and a good friend of ours who might be listening, but I'm not going to name him just for privacy's sake, he sent me a message. Well, I have some spare copies. If you haven't seen them, well, you should. So, And he sent me his extra videotapes. And he also had to tape off um, Magic Cloak for me from him, his own copy. But, hey, it's a public domain film. It's not like we were completely breaking copyrights there. I watched it several times. But then when I got it on DVD, I wound up donating that to a sale. Because I was like, I don't really want to hang on to a bunch of VHS tapes. <laughs> and frankly, when I started moving, I wound up not regretting that. What do we have to say over, overall about um, His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz? Um, it's a good film. It does have a lot of scenes that doesn't really add to the story. It has some good costumes. It is in sort of better condition than the previous films of Magic Cloak and Patrick Girl, but does still need to be remastered and restored properly. And we get to see Dorothy in like her gingham check gown, the button bright, the tin woodman and his tin castle, Mombi looking like Denslow's Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. And pretty much how the Scarecrow of Oz book came to be. Yeah, the Scarecrow Vise book was what I assume was the opening of the prop book. And then they wound up uh, going to uh, Christ in the Deadly Desert and going to Jinxland, where they find the plot of this movie in place, just with no Dorothy, and the Scarecrow isn't there yet. And of course, uh, Mombi is replaced by a new car- character named Blinky. Bomb could have made a Mombi, but he decided not to. Well, like many people, I first saw a glimpse of this film um, on the 1999 single-disc Wizard of Oz DVD, where they only had like a, a one minute of the Scarecrow, Tin Woodman, and Lion was appears to us, talking to us actual viewers. Um, and the only other time I'd seen like a snippet of the His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz was in the... Angela Lansbury hosted documentary The Making of the Wizard of Oz, which they put in a little bit faster, but yeah. yeah. At that time, I thought it was some Wizard of Oz film, so I think I was a bit correct, but I didn't see Scarecrow at that time yet. Then, in 2004-2005, I got into Sydney Film Base, which is like a course of learning how to make films, which was in Bondi, and a shop was selling these DVDs, dollar DVDs, and two of them was His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz and the 1925 Wizard of Oz film. The DVDs that they had was the one with the colorful cover where it has like this emerald city on the top left corner, a rainbow. It has little images from the films as well as a bit of a John Neal drawing. 
and the title with like an emerald Oz with a gold title. Yeah, it's a very cheaply produced DVD. Mm. And it, it was done by Dollar DVD, which was um, not the regular DVD covers we have, not the regular cases that are hard plastic. This is so, sort of like um, a paper book of sorts where the disc was black with grey writing and the synopsis on the back read as follows. In this Oz adventure, Dorothy finds herself over the rainbow along with her friends the Scarecrow, Tin Woodsman and the Cowardly Lion. Our brave friends set out to do battle with the evil King Cruel and the wicked witch Monby who has placed a spell on the beautiful Princess Gloria. Scarecrow leads the way as our heroes defeat King Cruel and Monby and return the Land of Oz back to a beautiful, fun, and peaceful land. That DVD also has um, a trivia game, six chapters of the film, um, a DVD dictionary of its terms, and a Little Rascals, Little Rascals short, Calm the Brawn. And yeah. that has the opening of Ozma's Head. That same copy is available on the World of Oz DVD. Yeah, the plot description there it does sound faithful, but it does sound uh, it does sound a bit overdone. It's good, but it's a good one, but it does make everything sound a bit more important than it actually comes across in the film. Mm. But the synopsis on the back of the World of War DVD is much more accurate, despite saying only one directed and produced by Bomb himself. It does mention small town Kansas school, but Dorothy gets stuck in the land of Oz. Um, and it mentions the characters like Arthur Smollett as Googly Goo, Raymond Russell as King Cruel, Pierre as the Tin Woodman, Frank the Scarecrow, Todd Wright as the Gardener, Vivian Reed as Princess Gloria, Jake Charles Hayden as the Wizard, and Fred Woodward as the Cowardly Lion. But it's pretty much that's a plot. And also, Warner Brothers has made it available on the most recent deluxe re-releases of the MGM movie from 19... Yeah. On the 2005 set and the 2009 set, that one has the extra 11 seconds of the MG Library Presents. Yeah. And a different score as well. The music for the first two like the Dollar DVD and World of Oz, has like bubbly music and the picture is more like grey. Like, but on the MGM DVDs, the music sounds much more like Louis Gottschroff from the Patrickle or Broadway shows. And I think the picture is a bit more black and white, like they're a bit more separate. I can't really say for sure how good the picture quality is or the size of the picture, but um, definitely the cut on the MGM DVDs is an improvement. We should also point out how the Warner Brothers set does not have the narration, which is um, hard to listen to on the previous two releases. I, I guess it would be a nice feature if you don't really want to stop and read them if you just want it read to you, but really, you're watching a silent film. This is part of it. Just watch it. When you see the screens on text 
the text on screen and then hear the woman's voice reading it, it is a bit distracting. Yeah, I've, I... Yeah, the videotape I got with it didn't have that. But um, I have the World of Oz DVD. I know it's on there, but I haven't watched it with that because I was like, no, I don't want to. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the copy of Magic Cloak I had had that on, and I was like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> so I'm very glad to have an alternative to that. As we, as we mentioned earlier, Dorothy is in this film, and she wears what appears to be a gingham gown. Is that? Do you really think that was what the gingham gowns, especially one in The Wonderful Wizard, was like at the time? Uh, usually when we draw or see Dorothy in the gingham gown faithfully, the blue and white is very clear, like strong colors, strong lines. But here, it's a bit more subtle in the film. Like, it's faded, but it's easy on the eyes. Like, she has short socks, sort of Mary Jane shoes, and to me, well, she looks to be about 14, not 10, but yeah. is What did you think of Dorothy's only gingham gown appearance on film here? She doesn't really look so much like a farm girl here. She looks more like you'd expect her to have looked in Ozma of Oz than the Wizard of Oz. Mm. And we're not told how she gets to Oz. She's just now, there. One of the rules of filmmaking is that you come in late and leave early. So with Dorothy being in Oz, we certainly got there late. And we also have Mom B wearing what looks like Denslow's Wicked Witch of the West costume. I like how her hair is sort of in braids that sort of stay stuck up in air. But she's got some funny head thing. It looks like some Jamaican fruit hat, but it when I was watching it last night, it looks like some sort of stuffed chicken or something. Could you make out what she was wearing on head? No, it's some kind of weird headdress something. I don't know. Some kind mm. of weird hat. I don't know, maybe they maybe bomb spider in a shop and was like, that looks perfect for a witch to be wearing. But it is interesting about uh, her looking like her dress resembling uh, Dinslow's because Bomb and Dinslow copyrighted The Wonderful Wizard of Oz jointly where they pretty much shared copyright to both the text and the illustrations, and Denzel had made use of that by having writing his own little stories about the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman and doing his own little Oz things that didn't really... that weren't really too memorable. Mm. I guess this is where Bomb finally got back at him. <laughs> uh-huh. His bit of revenge. But the sad thing is, is that the next year, 1915, was the year Denzel died. So, oh. yeah, it was like, it was like this might have been him getting back, but on the other hand, um, he did die the next year, so it's not like Denso ever got to see it. Maybe it's good that, he, if that's true, maybe it's good that he didn't. He would have had quite a knot um, dying with. I like how Gloria looked at times, but I didn't quite like how she always acted. As you see in this film, she gets her heart frozen, so she has no compassion for anyone. But there are times when she sort of smiles or grins at times. She is not interested in anyone, yet she's following this girl, this gardener, and the this weird assemblage of characters. And, and most of all, she helps aid them in conquering the castle. So I think that's a big 
inconsistency with the film and her character where she's frozen, but she still helps out with some emotion. Well, I think it's supposed to be her love for people that's frozen, but I think that there's certain things about her personality that just can't be altered, but uh, heard with that type of spell. Mm. So that might be why. I suppose, but if only we could actually have someone from that time to talk to about why they made those changes. Uh, unfortunately, we're doing this podcast about um, maybe 50 years or so too late. 50? <laughs> maybe a bit more. <laughs> could you imagine how wonderful it would be if we could interview off my bomb on this? Mm. I suppose that here. Oh, but, you know, he'd probably give us some nice publicity lies. Mm-hmm. And I never really liked that scene with Dorothy shoes away the crow that saved the scarecrow. Scarecrow gets saved from the river by a big, friendly bird. Who didn't have to do it. <laughs> and Dorothy just shoes him off. I, that, oh, that's so wrong. Well, here's the thing. That was also left over from the musical. Okay, something that people thought was funny was Imogene the calf trying to eat the scarecrow's hay and the scarecrow would have to shoo her off. And people thought that was funny. So, Bomb tried to do it with just about every animal. But the thing is, it doesn't always work. And right, and as you point out right there, that's this is one case. It makes mm. Dorothy look quite ungrateful. Shooing away a bird who saves a friend. Mm. Yeah, it's not normally in her character. Yeah, book Dorothy wouldn't do that. And did you notice how at the end with the celebration, like um, characters such as Dorothy and Princess Gloria have different costumes than they wore throughout the film? Yeah, uh, Dorothy looks a lot like how she did in uh, Ozma of Oz. Her dress was a bit shorter, though, I think, as opposed to her gingham. It was the right length, or maybe it's just the illusion of her sort of borders area. And they made another inconsistency too, like the Scarecrow or Tin Woodman suggests to make Gloria queen, yet the Scarecrow is made king. So Gloria's still a princess? Maybe she was like, I don't really want to be queen after she got unfrozen. When Bomb we were in the in the book, Gloria has a more dominant personality than of the pawn Gloria pair. Keeping mm. with Bomb's idea of strong female characters, but boy, does it take a big whack at the boys. So, yeah, as you see here, Ponsman pretty much spends most of the movie chasing after Gloria. And then gets to turn into a kangaroo. And then he doesn't really get to do much there. And he sometimes cries a bit or is depressed at times in the film as well. Which Bomb later we use in the book. So it, it makes him a bit more like, oh, this is who you want. Trot in the book pretty much encourages Gloria to just forget about her pawn. I suppose if there was a new feature-length movie based on the Scarecrow of Oz book, um, I'm sure Pawn would be rewritten to be a bit more likable, more worthy of Gloria's love than that. I think there actually is one coming from Hash Studios, aren't they? We're still working on one, I think. Um, last I heard, yeah. So, we'll see what comes up with that. That's the Scarecrow of Oz. It's the last Oz movie they actually produced. They did Patchwork Girl, uh, Magic Cloak, and then Scarecrow of Oz. They wanted to pretty much do all of L. Frank Baum's fairy tales as films, but it didn't work out that way. So, we have here one of the rare Oz trilogies on film. 
the only Oz trilogy on film, I think. Mm. And we will confirm that as we do more of these podcasts talking about the adaptations. Let's see then. What's the next one? I think it's some. Um, yeah. Um, should we uh, skip the next one? Mm, it depends. Mm. Like, do you like animation? Animation? Oh, mm. that one? I thought there was this other one with uh, that one Larry guy in it. Oh, right. Sorry, I was skipping ahead. Well, a movie's an Oz movie's an Oz movie. Uh, I guess we have to. Uh. But I'm sure we can manage to keep it short of what we can. Uh, yeah, the next one is going to be of The Wizard of Oz from 1925. It's not one of my favorites. I'm sure that the ones up to that will be much better. Yeah, it will. Take your medicine before your treats. <sighs> yes. Hmm. I wonder if people would skip that one. Well, if people do want to skip, they can. Like Marge Simpsons, like Marge Simpson said in one comic, they can make it, but I don't have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Which is true for a lot of things. Yeah. So we'll have links on the about where to get the film if you want to see it. Um, it's public domain now, so you can probably find a uh, upload of it on YouTube or Internet Archive if you want to watch it for free online. And if you want to get it on DVD, you can. Definitely check out uh, the Ozfilm Manufacturing Company, these Ozfilms, because they're the only Ozfilms that Elfling Bomb had a definite hand in that still exist. So definitely check the, this little trilogy out. Like I said, you can see it for free online. And it's been released on DVD plenty of times. Definitely give this a shot. Yes, give it a look. Give it a chance. Don't try to expect too much of it. And you'll probably want to find yourself enjoying it. And if not, you've still got the Scarecrow of Oz book, which actually has more story to it. And you can see how that book came about. Like, where it got some of its ideas, if you watch this film. See the movie, read the book that it got made into? (laughs) (laughs) Possibly one of the earliest novelizations. I'm not going to consider novelization, considering how much Mom had to change. But anyways, definitely check it out, folks, because your eyes experience isn't complete without it. And without further ado, that is the World Podcast of Oz discussing... His Majesty the Scarecrow of Oz, the third um, Oz Manufacturing Film Company movie of 1914. And the last one that still exists in somewhat of an entirety. Uh, like I said, the last Egyptian, some of it does still exist, but apparently, but from what I understand, it's not really enough to make an entire film from. Mm. Um, I don't really know. I haven't seen it, of course, or even read the book. Have you seen that? Have you seen that film? No. Do you know anyone who has? I, I, they managed to do a restored print and showed it at a convention, but I, it, no one per, it hasn't been put on video of any form. His Majesty of Oz is the last easily available of these films. Of 1914. This has been Sam Malazzo. And Jared Davis. Thanks for listening to us. Hope you didn't mind us.
and see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.